This is Megan. For this week's What We're Cooking and Eating Now episode, I am joined by my friend and friend of the podcast, Kate Veltkemp. Before I introduce Kate, our regular preamble, these bi-weekly episodes are bite-sized digests of what we're actually cooking at home and feeding our families right now. We share six meal ideas, which you can turn into your own meal plan for next week. We share all the links to specific recipes in our free community where you can get even more dinner inspiration in our weekly meal planning thread. You can visit didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community to join us there. Kate, I was first introduced to you by my friend and neighbor and actually a What We're Cooking and Eating Now guest from last summer, Bailey Walton, on Instagram. And I love that your content is very educational. I go, I have saved and go back to probably like once a month because we have um, several neighbors with allergies and who are plant-based to make your vegan mayo. It's like the one recipe I use the most from your, um, from your page. It's so good and so reliable. But for our Didn't I Just Feed You audience and also for context of like what we're cooking and eating now, will you tell us a little bit more about like your cooking experience and also who you are feeding each week? Sure. Yeah. So I'm Kate Veltkamp. I am a plant-based chef, uh, recipe developer, food photographer. Before I went vegan, I didn't cook. I basically lived off ramen. I I didn't have any interest in all the lessons my mom would try to teach me growing up. Um, It just wasn't my thing. But then I sort of transitioned to this different diet and I realized I want to enjoy the food I'm eating. And at that time, since it's been 13 years, uh, there were not as many options out there. So I realized, okay, I think I have to like actually learn to cook now. And then I did. And I just realized how much I really loved it. I loved the whole creating process. I loved, uh, fell in love with recipe development. I taught, I got some cookbooks, um, and I sort of watched videos on YouTube and taught myself the basics and then started diving deep into how can I recreate all these dishes that I love, um, that my family loves, my, my friends love while avoiding these certain products. And I got my husband on board. Uh, I gave him like a 30 day challenge and he was like, oh gosh, like this stuff is like really good. We started that together. And then um, I started a a food blog online and Facebook, Instagram, all that jazz. And I love sharing with people and, you know, showing what food can be that's plant-based. And then it doesn't have to be just salads or tofu or whatever, that it can be really, really anything you can just, you know, you can veganize anything. It just takes a little bit of thinking outside the box. Was your reason for going plant-based for becoming vegan, like health driven, or was it more environmental driven or ethical? Like for a lot of people, I understand it's like a combination of all three in some capacity. Yeah, definitely. It was, um, for me personally, it was like an ethical standpoint. Um, and I just wasn't really happy with not knowing where I was getting my things from and, um, not knowing the conditions, you know, of life for the animals. And, um, so I just decided I was like, all right, well, if I'm not comfortable with this, then I'm just going to stick to my ethical views. And then shortly after that, I started learning more about the environmental issues as well as, you know, health benefits that, um, one could get from choosing to eat more plants and less uh, meat and dairy. Yes. So your partner, your husband, you like turned him vegan for lack of a better way to describe it. But (laughs) you also have a couple kiddos that you're feeding too. And how do they feel about that? Are they pretty open eaters or or are they selective? How how do you approach it with them? What we did with them was, 
you know, I didn't I didn't eat meat or dairy or anything while I was pregnant with them. Then when they were born, we were like, okay, well, we want them to be what they were vegetarian basically for a few years. And we always wanted them to be able to make the decision themselves. And um, then they both did. They both eventually did choose to be vegan at different times. And so, yeah, I mean, they're they're totally aware of they've learned so much about like how agriculture works and have learned so much about where food comes from, whether it's animal based or plant based. So, yeah, they're totally game. And um, and they were homeschooled for a few years, too. So that was a little bit easier. But now they're in public school. But what's funny is that they'll go to school with like, you know, I, I usually try to make their lunches pretty you know, impressive. I don't want them to feel left out. I want them to have a special lunch and they'll share their food with their friends. And the friends are like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. What? Like, this is vegan? Like what? So um, it's, you know, they like to be able to share and uh, have something great. And how old are they? Or, and what grades are they in or going into? Yeah. My daughter, Emery, is 13 and she'll be in eighth grade. And my son, Finn, he is 11 and he'll be in sixth grade. Awesome. I have a sixth grader going into middle school. And so I know that that's like a, a transition in and of itself. And then adding mm-hmm. school lunch into it and they're mm-hmm. understanding their autonomy and what they want to eat. Um, so it's very cool to hear that your experience being plant based has been good, like almost mom yeah. goals. I think a lot of us parents are like, oh, I want to send an impressive lunch to school, too, <laughs> if I'm going to put in the effort. Right. Now, the lunches in August look a little different than the lunches in May. You know what I mean? I mean? That's, like, <laughs> so that's universally true for all of us. Yes. Yes. But I'll de- I definitely like if there's like a party or something, I'll sign up for uh, several different things so that I can make sure that, you know, not only do my own kids have something to enjoy, but also it's just, you know, a way to show people, you know, that that eating plants is approachable and tasty and anybody can do it. Yes. So so what are you cooking for your family and what are you guys eating this week? Last week, I was really craving. I just wanted French flavors. I wanted something creamy. I love how now there's so many options available for replacing meat in, you know, typically I remember back in the day we would get um, and many people do this still, you know, it's you get like chicken breast, and then you can do so many things with it. Yes. For so long in the, you know, in the vegan community, that was a piece that was missing, or you would, you have to use tofu or chickpeas or something like that. Well, now there's so many brands out there. And there's this brand I love now that's called Daring Chicken, and it's actually in so many grocery stores all over the country. So what I did was I took that Daring Chicken, and then I um, made a French tarragon chicken dish, The thing is about French cooking that I love is that you're pairing, you know, you've got shallots or onions, garlic, wine, a chicken broth of some sort, and then a creamy base also. So that's basically the idea behind this dish. Um, And I wanted to have it as like a main, and then I paired it with um, green beans and a little bit of some slices of a baguette. Um, Just something that was really relatively easy and quick. But that was filling, nutritious, and um, just also provided that rich, creamy flavor with fresh tarragon, uh, which I love. And I feel like it's so underused as an herb. But yeah, it, it went so well. My kids like loved it. I ended up making, I, I doubled the portion. The recipe is actually on my blog. Um, but I doubled the portion and everybody, I mean, there was not anything left because they just loved it so much. Can you talk about, because 
I love French cooking. And I think when you're describing like a creamy tarragon sauce, everyone's like, oh, butter and cream, butter and cream, because that's also like very French cuisine. What do you do to make a creamy vegan sauce for your daring chicken? Yeah. So my favorite um, thing to do to substitute for milk and um, any sort of creamy sauce is to use um, cashew cream because cashews are very fatty. And when you blend them with water, you can control the consistency. So, so, so if, I, I'm, if I'm using just milk, I'll add more water. Or if I need a thicker cream, I'll just use less water. And I just pop it in my Vitamix and it's done in two minutes. Um, and then that, that whatever I need it for, then I just move forward from there. I use it in all of my you know, bisques, um, cream sauces, Alfredo, anything like that, because it just really does mimic uh, you know, the mouthfeel of dairy, the fattiness of dairy, but also you do have to kind of dairy naturally has a little bit of the acidity too. So you need to have maybe a little squeeze of lemon to sort of really replicate what that tastes like. But um, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's really versatile and you can make cheese out of it. Like there's so many things that you can do with cashews. We have a nacho cheese sauce that a guest who is a vegan food blogger shared with us. And it's one of our most popular recipes because it's so easy and super satisfying. So with the cashew cream, are you also using like a vegan butter or are you adding like a little bit of olive oil? Or do you find that there's enough fat from the cashews to replace both of those things in that style of cream sauce? It depends on what dish I'm making. For this dish, I definitely did use um, country crock uh, plant-based butter for sure. And I do, and especially like Alfredo has a lot of butter anyway, like even if you're making a dairy, you know, version. So I definitely do use butter. Um, Now, if I'm making like a raw Alfredo sauce, I won't, I won't put the butter in and it's perfect as is. Um, So yeah, it just depends. Yeah. It depends on the the finish. And do you generally find I'm always curious about brands that you like the country crock butter. Is that your favorite, like go to vegan butter? That one is definitely my favorite. Yeah. And another one that's so widely available. I remember like Mm -hmm. experimenting with vegan baking even 10 years ago, and it was so hard to find the brands that are now like in most stores. And there's even more regional vegan dairies that you can get. Like when we lived in Boise Melt is there and they make vegan butter that's pretty high quality. So I I love hearing your recommendations. Okay, what else did you cook for your family? I've had my mom in town. Um, I just had a birthday a couple days ago. So my mom was visiting. We had a great time. Um, But I, you know, nope, nobody else in my family. Actually, no, there's one other vegan in my family of origin. But uh, I'd like to Put out things that everybody will enjoy, you know, a big platter. And one of my go-tos in that situation is a Rotel dip. Mm. And again, we're going to be calling on cashews for this because of that wonderful creaminess. But, you know, we're going to be using a little bit of vegan cheese with that. Um, the cashews, a bell pepper, nutritional yeast, which is huge in um, any sort of vegan cheesiness that you're going to be Uh, going for, you're going to get from nutritional yeast. Um, And so what I do is, you know, I blend that all together. It's super quick. It comes together in minutes and then you just heat it up and then you get that gooeyness, that meltiness, set it out with veggies and chips and everybody, I mean, there wasn't anything left. Like people love it so much, Um, no matter, you know, and these are, these are cheese lovers, my whole family, but they still just dig into that. Yeah. And so, yeah, and that, that one's on my site too. Yes. And we're going to share all the links in our community for people who live outside the South. Rotel dip is like a thing like (laughs) in it. it, Traditionally, literally Velveeta 
cheese, cheese product, because Velveeta is not really cheese, um, (laughs) melted together with like a can of Rotel, which is usually like diced tomatoes, peppers, some spices Mm -hmm. in there. And so you may it's like a two ingredient sauce. So I love that you found a vegan alternative that sounds like it's just as quick. And is that dinner for everyone with all those veggies and like some tortilla chips and stuff? Around I'll it. usually add, you know, some hummus as well. And that that would be just like a snacky lunch kind of kind of thing, really like a pool day situation where, you know, you've got a crowd of people um, and everybody can just snack graze. Um, but yeah, that and, and you can, you know, with that recipe, you can really, you know, add that to tacos, which we did last night. Also, we made a batch and put some on tacos but just having it on hand is nice in the fridge, just heat it up in the microwave or whatever, and it's ready to go. And people, you know, it's approachable and it's easy and fast. So, and the ingredients are everywhere. They're not hard to find. So. Right. We also, at Didn't I Just Feed You, love a snack meal, whether it's like snack dinner or snack lunch. Yes. It's super satisfying without being so formal. And it's great for entertaining, but also for, for when you don't want to do a lot of cooking. Right. right. Especially in the summer when, you know, your kids are home all day. It's like, OK, you're not going to be making like a traditional meal for each meal usually because we're all, you know, we're, we've got so many activities to do. It's like, all right, we're going to set out this platter for you guys. Here's a hummus board, whatever. Yeah. Eat your fill. If you are hungry at the end, it's on you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. One more recipe you cooked for your family recently. Yeah. So my son is actually, he's been really obsessed with Korean flavors lately, and I'm not sure where it came from, but he just, he likes to cook also. He's learning. I'm teaching him actually this summer. We're doing um, life classes where I'm teaching him how to cook, how to do certain things, you know, cleaning around the house. But he's been really obsessed lately with learning um, Korean flavors. So we, you know, I was like, well, what are you, what, what are you in the mood for? And he, even though it's summer, was like, I really want a stew, like a spicy Korean stew. So we went down a rabbit trail online and found this wonderful recipe for a spicy Korean beef stew. And the recipe, the link that I'm sharing, it's not a vegan recipe. And often what I, what I do when I'm, you know, looking at other creators online, I'm not, I'm not just looking at vegan bloggers or vegan cookbooks or whatever. And so this recipe that I'm sharing, it's wonderful. It's this uh, Korean grandma sharing these recipes from her table. And um, she uses, it's like a spicy beef stew uh, with gochujang um, and lots of other veggies. And so instead of using beef, I actually used um, Beyond Steak and then lots of mushrooms. Um, So the broth is like so, like just a huge umami bomb and just such a comforting meal. And we had it on like a rainy day where it was overcast and it just felt like, even though it's summer, it's like the perfect kind of meal for that situation. Yes. Stacey and I recently got into a conversation about how stew, especially like chilies, are kind of great for the summer. Like it seems like not what you would crave, but there's something about like hot and spicy food in the summer that's very comforting and very satisfying. I'm super curious because I have not tried the Beyond Steak. I've definitely tried their like ground beef product. Are you able to braise it in the same way that I'm assuming you would braise this the the beef version of this recipe? Yeah, it's it's a little bit different. You don't need to cook it as long. We're not going to be worrying about, you know, things being cooked through as much like a lot of these products will come frozen. Um, sometimes I cook them separately and then add them to the stew later. Um, and then I'll flavor the stew with uh, like in this case, I use mushrooms like dried mushrooms 
got the broth, and then I also added shiitake mushrooms in later um, that I had sautéed with the Beyond Steak. So there's just there's little modifications that I do make when it comes to using the vegan faux meats because they they don't give off fat in the same way that real meat does a lot of times. So you do have to kind of compensate for that, or maybe add a little bit of oil to, you know, make up that difference. Yeah. And you're currently working on an ebook. Is this something that you would include? Because I think this knowledge gap is like one of the things that intimidates people about plant-based cooking and like trying to move Mm -hmm. towards having um, more of those meat alternatives in their house is just knowing like, okay, this is processed a little bit different. So it doesn't have the fat. It doesn't have the same like connective tissue that needs to be broken down. And so the tweaks you're making are so small. It's literally just like adding these ingredients at different times than you would in the traditional recipe. Will your ebook help people who who want to understand those little idiosyncrasies so they can be more confident vegan cooks? The one I'm working on now doesn't cover that as much. Well, the one I'm working on now is about sauces exclusively, mm. but I've got another few working in my brain that definitely I'm going to be do, doing something like that. And I actually teach cooking classes locally where I do go into that subject a lot because like you said, I think that that's something that, you know, isn't discussed as much. Like how do we make up for these differences when we are veganizing traditional recipes? Um, So that is something that uh, I definitely have in mind for, you know, information I'd like to share with people because I think, yeah, making those small changes, it's huge. And when I do have my live cooking demos, People, you know, are constantly asking me questions. Well, what what is that about? What does that do? How does that, uh, you know, changing the recipe to accommodate for a traditionally very meat heavy or dairy heavy recipe? How do we how do we deal with that? So, yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing people struggle with in cooking in general is like just having the intuition to know what to do with certain ingredients. And so I love that you're able to share the comparisons and like just these small things that make a huge difference. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love the challenge. I love to be able to, you know, take a recipe and and just be like, all right, you know what? I know this calls for like eight ingredients that aren't vegan. And here we go. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> yes. You're not intimidated by it, but the rest of us might be. <laughs> Twenty twenty four is the year we're focused on finally reducing dinner time overwhelm at Didn't I Just Feed You? And that means making grocery shopping easier and more cost effective, especially when it comes to the foods we all tend to spend the most on, like meat. Enter ButcherBox, where you can count on incredible deals on premium cuts. At ButcherBox, you can choose a curated box or customize your order of one hundred percent grass fed beef, free range organic chicken, pork raised crate free, and wild caught seafood to stock your fridge with all the proteins you need for the week, month, or even the year at prices that are hard to come by at the grocery store. That's all your protein shopped for in one shot at great prices delivered to your door with free shipping. Just one change, switching over to ButcherBox, and you guarantee yourself fewer trips to the grocery store and savings that are hard to find at the supermarket. Dinnertime overwhelm be gone. ButcherBox is offering our listeners their choice of a weeknight meal essential, three pounds of chicken thighs, two pounds of ground beef, or one pound of premium steak tips for free in every order for a whole year. Plus, you get $20 off your first order. 
Sign up today at butcherbox.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y and use the code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You, to choose your free offer and get $20 off. Do you ever feel like you're in a never-ending cycle of snacks and meals? We get it. That's why we're excited to share HomeThreads, the ultimate solution for creating a stylish and functional family space. At HomeThreads.com, discover furniture that can handle the chaos of family life. From wipeable dining chairs to kitchen tables and light fixtures. Or you can just freshen up your kitchen with trays, counter lamps, decor, and other affordable accents that will help you update your kitchen into a room you love spending time in. Head over to homethreads.com slash D-I-J-F-Y, short for dinner and I just feed you, to get a code for 15% off your first order. Because if you're going to be feeding them three times a day, plus snacks, you deserve a home that feeds your style. Home Threads, love where you live. That's homethreads.com backslash D-I-J-F-Y today to get 15% off your first order. Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, Build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. Is anyone else struggling with what to wear these days? I've been pretty frustrated with getting dressed over the last few months as I've navigated body changes, and some days I quite literally have no idea what to wear. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high quality designer clothing for every occasion. When I signed up, I took a style quiz, and based on my preferences, they offered suggestions that would best match my life. I've been renting clothes from Armoire for a while now, and the more I rent, the more on point the suggestions get. Plus, you send what you wear back, which is a great way to try new styles without waste. Armoire also has such a fantastic range of options. Whether you're planning an outfit for a date night, packing for a conference or maybe a family event, or just need some updated options for everyday life, you'll be the best dressed person in the room without ever having to find time for an exhausting shopping day. Right now, Didn't I Just Feed You listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash D-I-J-F-Y. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash D-I-J-F-Y to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Okay, the first thing I'm the first meal I'm going to share is actually fun because I feel like it is like the the interconnection. Like my friend Bailey introduced me to you, and now I get to share it with you. And the meal that I have that I'm sharing, I actually had with her. I love summer produce, and one of my favorite things to do in like July, especially when the tomatoes get so good, is like go to the farmers market and get all of the things to do like a very classic. BLT. My family is not as excited about that. My husband is a little bit of a tomato hater. My kids love sandwiches, but like a sandwich that's like primarily veggies is not for them. So Uh I went to the farmer's market with Bailey, who's my friend who introduced me to you. And we bought Mm -hmm. a bunch of summer produce and had BLTs one night at her house. And Bailey is gluten-free and dairy-free. And so we made your vegan mayo so that she could have that on her BLT because I think mayo is essential to a delicious BLT. Of course. Yes. Yes. What what happens when tomato hits mayonnaise? It's magic. It is so good. And I don't even like mayonnaise that much as a matter of course. But it was really fun to make your recipe with her. And then she made the most, with all of her farmer's market haul, the most gorgeous 
oven baked ratatouille with like eggplant and zucchini and little cherry tomatoes and sliced tomatoes and like tons of garlic. And it got so saucy and delicious at the bottom, but then super crisp around the edge of the baking pan. And it was so good. We're going to share a link to a recipe that she uses a reference, but ratatouille, like I seem so intimidating because it's can be so gorgeous and layered, but there are tons of recipes Mm -hmm. where it's like, it's such a little peasant dish and it's basically a stew or a braise in some ways with like a lot of olive oil and you can add like a little bit of vinegar to it and it's mostly vegetables just cooking in their own juices and it's just like so good it is so good one of my favorites in the summertime for sure just going to the farmer's market and picking out and just seeing all the beautiful colors like oh this is what the earth gives us like this is so beautiful yes Uh, another meal I cooked farmer's market inspired Field peas, which I feel like are a very regional southern thing. They sort of look like black eyed peas often, but they're a little bit smaller and they're fresh. So they do not take the like hours of soaking and cooking that dried beans or peas Mm, take. uh And so we I had bought some at the farmer's market when I did BLTs with Bailey and then cooked them for myself while my husband was away. And when he came back, he ate the leftovers and he was like, oh, I definitely want this again. So we did <laughs> another meal, like sort of centered around the field peas and then boiled corn and sliced tomatoes. And we did shrimp scampi, which my son and my husband love. Just like a little bit of butter and lots of garlic and lemon juice and quickly sauteed the shrimp. We have a recipe on Didn't I Just Feed You that I'll share that you can either do like that with a little bit of bread on on the side to sort of like sop up the delicious sauces um, or you could serve it over pasta, which is sort of like traditional. Nice. Now, what pasta would you prefer to serve that over? Okay, I am like a fettuccine if you're going to do fresh pasta or an angel hair if you're going to do dried Mm. pasta. What about you? Mm-hmm. What would you do? You have a favorite pasta shape for something shrimp scampi like? Probably, yeah, probably spaghetti. I'd say, yeah. What's your go-to sauce then, as an as a non-shrimp eater? Hmm. Let's see. So, in that case, you could do a similar. I mean, I haven't taken a glance at your recipe yet, but you could you could do you know basically the same kind of sauce, but then either replace the shrimp with like chickpeas. Because in, there's wine in that too, or no? Is there not? Uh, not in our recipe, just because it's like family friendly. But sometimes there is a little white wine, and there's always tons of lemon juice and zest. Oh yes, yes, yes. And you definitely need the bread, like you said, to to like get all so of that all yummy sauce. Yes, yes. yes. Um, we often do as a family like a roasted cauliflower in sort of a similar like I'll finish it with a lot of lemon juice and a lot of olive oil over pasta cauliflower oh yeah such and a such a like a multitasking vegetable yes <laughs> i know it's really had a glow up and it can kind of be anything we want it to be these days not uh, talking about pasta again we just did last night and I, and we talked about I shared this a little bit on our didn't I just feed you Instagram we did build your own pasta bowls we had a ton of leftovers from grilling out the weekend before like we had barbecue chicken and we had like some takeout chicken tenders but then there was also like cooked corn and some tomatoes that had already been sliced and really needed to be used up and so I cooked a big pot of tortellini and then 
brought everything to the table, which we've talked about this on Didn't I Just Feed You in the past, but it's like some one of those things where it's like sometimes you talk about it and then you don't really do it in practice. I have been in such a routine of like making my kids plates in the kitchen almost buffet style like we're getting the dogs fed and like the kids come in and I'll be like oh do you want pasta do you want sauce do you want veggies and like sort of letting them pick their own and this week Uh we made a shift to bringing everything to the table and letting everybody feed themselves in a more family style way in part because my more selective eater and my partner um my husband were like a little bit in conflict about their choices like the picky eaters choices and so to eliminate that we brought everything to the table and it was such a good meal for using up just like grilled leftovers this summer which we tend to have a a ton of and also for like building autonomy and confidence for my two kiddos that's so smart i've never considered that but i think that's really powerful because you're taking away the focus on how are you different what are you doing differently and saying, all right, well, we're just all here at the table and we're choosing what we want and we all have preferences. Yes. But I think there's definitely, you know, if you do have a more selective eater like you, like you do, I, I also have one, you know, they're aware of how they're different or, or their different preferences. They don't want to accentuate tense. that. <laughs> yes, yes. It makes them tense before they even get to the table that they feel like there's a judgment on what they're, what's mm-hmm. on their plate. Also, an added bonus that uh, we're not having to yell at the dogs to like get down because they are counter surfers. <laughs> if everything's on the table, we don't have to. Oh, we're yes. able to monitor, <laughs> and that we're not having to get up. And when you know my eight year old is like, "Oh, I want more pasta," and he can't really reach to the back of the stove and help himself purely because he's not tall enough. Mm-hmm. Um, now the pasta bowl is on the table, and he can totally mm-hmm. help ourselves. So it was a good reminder that. You know, we have experts come on and they're like, hey, if you're struggling with this, try this. And then we don't always remember to put it into practice. So I'm very glad that we've been doing that this week. And that was such a good meal that my whole family gobbled up. What a great idea. I love that. Kate, before we sign off, will you tell everyone where they can find you on the Internet? Yes. My website is thefriendlyfeast.com. And you can find me on Instagram at friendlyfeasting. And at Facebook, um, my website on there is just The Friendly Feast, facebook.com slash The Friendly Feast. And we'll share links to um, Kate's website and her Instagram and where to find her on Facebook alongside all the recipe links, which you can get by visiting our free community. If you haven't joined us there yet, please do. This is an invitation. Anyone can join for free at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Or if you're interested in getting some bonus episodes and other goodies, join our supporting community. You can follow us on Instagram where we are at didn't I just feed you. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Getzik. I'm Megan. And I'm Kate. Stay sane and well-fed, friends. <laughs>